I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouth, people. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Podeskew Podcast is a proud member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Did you know that a man once jumped into a bulletproof window so much that he busted it out of the frame and fell to his death? I do. Hey, I'm Nicholas Howe, and I made an improvised comedy storytelling podcast about this death and many others. Using a multiverse of me's as the catalyst, I explore the various ways people have died. I also have special guests on and freak them out about how dangerous the world is. Did you know lakes can explode? You do now. Listen to the How Will I Die podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at H-W-I-D-I-E-P-O-D. Podeskew Podcast. I am C-Day. With me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? Ah, uh, what's up, dude? I know. I know. It's, yeah. I, oof. Okay. We'll get into it. But, yeah. What's um, your, what's your line? This good goddamn whatever. Let's get this goddamn good time over with. Yes, please. Um... Is this a good time, CJ, or is this yeah, a sad time? It's it's both. Um, we got a couple sad things to talk about, and then something that's our usual thing. So this is kind of like a a news and nuts episode, but they're sad nuts. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know what it is? It's the can of nuts. Then when you open it, it's the fake snakes that pop out. That's what. Oh, yeah, the the peanut brittle thing. You're, you're um, thinking you're getting nuts, but you're getting a bunch of fake snakes. Thrown in your face. Speaking uh, of which, another sad thing. Did you notice? Did, did you hear about this Mr. Peanut thing? Oh, Mr. Peanut died? Yeah. I, yeah. I saw it on Twitter, but I don't know much about it. I, I was surprised it didn't go with the whole thing that he died from being assaulted. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Although, if, if all these things happen, I'm I'm pretty positive it's Mrs. Peanut. Well, they're, they're turning it into do the Epstein thing. Where like Mr. Peanut didn't kill himself? It's like, no, I'm, I'm. I. That's what I'm saying. I'm convinced it was his wife. It's always the. It's always the spouse. It's always the spouse. Um, She's nuttier than scroll shit. That's how crazy <laughs> she is. I was trying to transition to the serious topic that we had to talk well, about, but I don't know. Look, Mr. Peanut did not hang himself. All right. Yeah. Now let's move on. Um. Actually, that leads me to another topic we can get into, but let's deal with these first. So, the first thing that, the first sad thing we need to talk about is Kobe Bryant has passed away, very unexpectedly, in a helicopter crash in Calabasas. Um, Yeah. Along with with his his 13-year-old daughter and seven other people, among which there was another 13-year-old young girl and a 14-year-old young girl. So were they friends of the daughter? 
The one was, apparently. I believe the 13-year-old was a friend of the daughter, yes. But I... Yeah. Yeah. Um, In mind, she's just like, I'm friends with, you know, a legend. You know, a basketball legend, celebrity. I'm on a private helicopter. You know, she's experiencing a high life. And then, you know, the one of the worst things... No, but her... If if I understand correctly, her parents were on the flight too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I so I don't was, think she was I there. It was entourage or something. No, 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 no. Some of I think they all knew each other, but I think they were there independently as opposed to like an entourage, like you were saying. So, so it wasn't an. It wasn't like a private helicopter that belonged to Kobe. It was. Well, yeah. It was like. We're charting a helicopter. We're all going to foot the bill together. Well, but I think it was because Kobe used to use a, helico- a helicopter, and I don't know if it was the same helicopter to get back and forth to practice at the Laker at the Stable Center. Because, and and I heard this since the accident. It's actually a very kind of cool thing to talk about. So I do want to bring it up real quick. Um. Because people used to give him shit, apparently, about taking the helicopter. Like, oh, you're just too good, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And you can't go through L.A. traffic like we all do, motherfucker, that whole thing. Well, right. And then, to a degree, that's what it was. But I'm not bad-mouthing him. So what he used to do was he used to take the helicopter because it allowed him to get up and spend more time at home, get his kids ready for school, get them out to school, take the helicopter to practice do what he had to do for practice, and then take the helicopter back so that he could be there in time to pick them up from school at the end of the day. Right. And he would do that, and his wife apparently used to be like, I can pick them up. <laughs> like, I, I, I have the ability to go get them after school. And his logic was that when he's gone for so long on road trips for the team when he was playing, mm-hmm. he'd be gone for, like, huge stretches at a time, so he tried to... Uh, optimize the time when he was home that he could spend with his kids so that was his purpose for taking helicopters in general now he's for those who know kobe bryant okay so for first off for those who don't know kobe Bryant, he was a major superstar in the in the nba and actually literally on saturday night got passed on the all-time scoring list. He was third on the list until Saturday night when LeBron James, who is also a Laker at this point, passed him. Right. Um, I, I go as far as to say that Kobe was a living legend to the point of, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yes. Michael Jordan, Magic uh, Johnson, Sha- Shaq, Jack. you know, in his own way. LeBron, uh, LeBron, LeBron even though he's still playing. I mean, LeBron is already a legend. Let's be real about it. You know, so I would I would even throw Steph Curry in there. Um, mm, you know, I don't think he's. I don't think. Look, I like Steph a lot. I think he's a good player, and I'm not here to debate. You know, basketball, but I I don't. I think Steph Curry carry for you because you live in the Bay Area, but and he but, is uh, very well known. He's very popular, but legend. Yeah. I don't think he's there yet. I don't. I will I'm, he get there? Probably, but he's not there yet. You know. Bear in mind, I'm talking out of my ass because I don't. I'm not a sports guy in general, and I'm right. really not. Uh, I, I mean, I am not a basketball player or even a fan. I, I think I've. I don't think I've ever been to a. No, it's not true. I, I was about to say I've never been to a basketball game. I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters. To me, which, that counts. Yeah, which doesn't exactly count, but yeah, I but, listen. Yeah. I I am more of a sport. I am more of the sports fan of the two of us in general. 
And um, but I will say, of the four major sports, basketball is probably at the bottom for me. That doesn't mean that it's a bad sport or anything. It's just for me. Um, but I know Kobe, and also because he grew up in Philadelphia. He's from Philadelphia. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He, and he's he's a he's a Philly legend, like like Rocky. Well, and that's interesting, and and that's a debate for another day because he did not say very positive things about Philadelphia until he got to the end of his basketball career. Right. Yeah, he he spoke pretty negatively of the area for a long time. So I think he grew up under different circumstances than than say. I mean, I think it's always different for an African American. Oh well, sure. Uh, no, but that's, that's not, I, that's, no, no, I mean, look, he lived in a pretty ritzy part. He wasn't in, like, South Philly, like, ghetto. And I'm, no, I, he, I don't know, I don't no, know. No, he lived in, I, I, he lived in up in Lower Mary, and it's a nicer area, and he, I think he went to a prep school. Like, I'm not even kidding. Um, but well, see, that's my, that's my issue of, uh, I, I automatically generalized him, and I apologize for that. Well, so. I, that wasn't me trying to call you out. I was just trying to get you your, the information correctly, but. No, he, no, you, I'm, I'm glad you did. He, he, no, he didn't, he's not like that, but he, cause it was at the time that he got drafted in the M- NBA, there was a lot of talk that he might've ended up on the Sixers and the Sixers at the time were a very terrible basketball team. So. Where, he, I don't. Where, what are the Sixers? Sixers are the local NBA team for Philadelphia. The Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. So, Got it. and there was talk that he might That's, actually end up on the Sixers because they were high enough in the draft. Is that is the Seventy Sixers? That's based on seventeen seventy six. Like I, like I don't know the history. The of the, yeah, I, I don't know the history of the team well enough to know exactly where the name generates from. But it's a safe assumption. Yes. Um, right. Okay, they just didn't call themselves the Colonials, is really what we're saying. Right, I think there was another team out here at one point. I I, I don't remember what the name of the team was, but I think there was. But anyway, that's not, that's another debate for another day. Um, So, at the time he got drafted, he he had some pretty unkind things to say about the Philadelphia area, and and especially the Sixers, and that really didn't stop through most of his career, so... My my opinion of him, strictly based on that, like if you're from the area, you don't have to want to play for the team. That's fine, but don't say some of the things he said publicly about the team or about the city, like he did. Right. You know what I mean? And and he did. So, um, and then you and I talked about this before the recording and debated whether we should bring it up. But of course, he he had the. There was a controversy that we're not going to dive into, and it's not even worth getting into tonight, but there was a controversy about him in Colorado, and those of you who know Kobe know what I'm talking about, so we're just going to leave it there, but, you know, that happened too. So I would would say, based, I mean, from what I've seen, he was a phenomenal basketball player. Yep. He always, he looked like an overall happy, genuine, great guy. Everything I've seen was... Like I've heard awful things about Michael Jordan in comparison, yeah. uh, especially personality-wise. He's a bit of a snob. He's a bit of a greedy fuck, and and um, and he can be very rude to his fans. I never got the impression of that from Kobe, and I always kind of, you know, the the real tragic thing about this, and it's full of tragedy, is that we were just sort of celebrating Kobe and his daughter a week ago. 
because they were there was a circulating meme of him and his daughter at a basketball game courtside and it looked like he was explaining shit to her she was catching on and then he was and they did that new approvingly nod of like yeah yeah well, you get it that's what i'm it, talking about it's not even that she was a hell of a basketball player herself people i know but it, but that's the implication is that like it was a father explaining something to her to his daughter and her getting it i don't know what they were talking about we don't know what they're right talking right about. right but that's the real fucking tragedy is that they were they were this funny circulating meme and now it's a it's a moment of remembrance and it's like this was the last genuine happy moment of the two of them that we saw as a public right and now now it's kind of bittersweet melancholy type of feeling of just like ugh. well and no. and so i'll i'll add to that because so and and a lot of this is is come to my attention in the last several days since he passed away, but he, a lot of people would ask him, because he had four daughters. He's still, right. I mean, and, and three of them are still surviving, obviously. It was only the one with him in, in the helicopter. Um, unfortunately, his oldest, not that it's really a thing, but that's the one that was with him. So his firstborn. Um, they, a lot of, a lot of like, press would ask him hey are you gonna have a are you gonna keep trying to have kids till you get a son so you have someone who can carry on legacy mm-hmm. and at some point kobe just turned and said my legacy's right here she's gonna be better than i was right you know and apparently she was damn good for 13 talking about the one that, talking about the one that passed away yeah 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 and apparently she was she was damn good for thirteen, you know, and was was on her way. And as a result, to give Kobe some credit, it made him, especially after he retired, because he retired four seasons ago, I want to say five seasons ago, something like that, that he paid more attention to women's basketball. So the yeah. WNBA, co- co- women's college basketball, things like that. He really started paying attention. And became a real champion for the sport. And to have someone of Kobe's level, you know, and a man mm-hmm. pushing the women's side, as it should be. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it it should be. So to have him make those pushes and, and, and support that was only going to be good for the sport, you know. And I think, if I can interrupt, yeah. I, I think there is this male macho thing that happens a lot especially with caucasian men um especially italians i you know we we tend to act macho and and i mean not me personally but like in terms of no i'm just i'm I'm, i have a point like in terms of the typical man the typical caucasian man tends to look at the woman as less than but i would argue that african-americans like kobe get a lot of respect for the mother. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so I think there are your bad eggs and there are your good eggs in every race and every genre and, and, and every uh, gender. But I think they tend to appreciate their mother's struggle a little bit more differently. So I think it's more likely that, I mean, they, they call 
other African-American women, their sisters, you know, whether they're related or not. Right, right, right. I, th- I think, I think Kobe was ahead of his time. And I think he was, I think he was ahead of the curve and being like, I don't need to have a son to, you know, have my, to be the next me. I, I have four amazing daughters. They're good enough. I don't need to have someone with my last name spread on my legacy. I think, I think he, and that's another thing because when you said that, I did remember that. Um, I liked I liked him for a multitude of reasons. Again, I liked him as just a person, regardless of the controversy or not, because I actually didn't know the controversy. And I feel, I I mean, it's a simple thing, but I liked him because he spoke Italian. Like it's little things like that where he embraced a culture and was always spoke positively of Italy and and. You know, well, he he before, lived there for he lived a yeah he lived years. there for like three or four years or something yeah. like that. But he also tore down that those barriers of because unfortunately the general the general um, opinion is for a lot of people. Um, oh, he's African American. Why would he speak a different language? And it's like why why can't he speak a different language? He, he actually spoke, if I understand correctly, he spoke English, Italian, and Spanish fluently, and was well on his way to German. Really, he was yes. getting German. Yeah, I don't know if that last part's accurate because that's that last part's not from a reliable source, but I know the first two are for sure. So you know, uh, speaking of sources, I I've never seen. This is a great example of how the media can be an amazing tool, can also be one like so irresponsible. I will never say the term fake news in a serious way, but when Kobe, when everyone was sort of getting the news that Kobe and everybody else died, so many media outlets, so many coverage uh, were reporting inaccurately. They yeah. were claiming it was Kobe. And all of his daughters, another one was saying it was Kobe and his wife were dead. Mm. It was just uh, all of his daughters, but Kobe's still alive. Um, TMZ, I believe, broke the news. They actually broke the news before Kobe's wife even heard about it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's that's, really shitty. It's shitty, but to be fair, from what I understand, they were one of the few outlets reporting accurate information it's shitty they did it before she found out but they were reporting accurate information so well my favorite in a very negative way was bbc 10 aired a like whole clip of you know we just got word kobe bryant passed away and they showed nothing of but footage of lebron james (laughs) uh well then it's the brits for you if you can't figure it out, it's fucking it, the name is on the back of the fucking jersey. <laughs> jersey it says yeah. James. Like Um So I, 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 I No no no, you're fine, my man. So I I just wanna cause we keep talking about Kobe, but nine people did lose their lives that day. It's not yes. just Kobe. And so I wanna quickly go through it. So it's Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, who was thirteen. Um you have John Altabelli. His wife, Carrie, and their daughter, Alyssa. John was the head baseball coach at Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa. Um, then you have Christina Mauser. Uh, I don't know who. She was a basketball coach at Harbor Day School in Newport Beach. Um, and now, 
It's Kobe's coach, Kobe's daughter's coach, I mean. That's who that was. Ah. Okay. Um, and then you have Sarah Chester and her daughter Peyton. Um, and I think they were just friends of the family. So along for the ride. Yeah. So and where they were going, because you and I Absolutely, so yeah. just a little a little behind the scenes, you and I record every Sunday and we were recording an episode right as this news broke. Yeah. And so you, you actually told me I had yeah. been on Twitter, but somehow I missed all that. Well, it didn't, you, you, you it dropped didn't it hit on Twitter me. till later for some reason, but that's another, you know, conversation, I guess. But, um, you know, and at the time I reported it to you, the story was the only incorrect information that I'd heard was they were on their way to the Grammys, which mm. is partially true. Because they were going to Gianna's basketball game, and then they were going to go from there to the Grammys, as I understand it. So, it's not false, but there was a gap, you know. Yeah, they're going to have a brief stop in the middle. Right, and it was on the way to the game that the accident occurred, so. Right. Um, so, to all nine people, oh, and then the, the pilot whose name yeah. is Ara Zobayan. And if I'm saying that incorrectly, then I apologize to anyone who might know him who hears this, if anyone hears me. But um, it's a it's an unusual last name, so I am not certain how to pronounce that. But to the to the family of all nine people, um, our condolences for sure, you know. Yeah. So, um, sadly, that's not all the death we have to talk about because we have one other one that we had planned on talking about before Kobe even got into his accident. Yeah. And early earlier the week before, Terry Jones from Monty Python passed away. Mm-hmm. Now, he, Rico, I believe you have it up on your screen. How old was he when he passed? 77. 77, Okay. And I, I do know it was as a result of dementia that he had been diagnosed with several years earlier. Yeah. He, um, I've been hearing off and on the past couple years, ever since like, I want to say 2015 ish. Um, it was pretty much, I have it right here. It's called primary progressive aphasia. My dad had that. Really? Swear to God. That's awful. Um, and it's a form of front, uh, frontotemporal dementia that impairs the ability to speak and communicate. Yeah. So he, he, my dad never got to that point. He, cause he, I mean, not to get into a thing about me, but he also had a pulmonary condition, a, a, uh-huh. a lung condition, like simultaneously with the aphasia and the pulmonary. What's that? Was he a smoker? You know what? It's funny. He really wasn't. I mean, I have to say yes, but. He smoked a cigarette a day. So, I don't... And he's, and at the time that he died, he had stopped 20 years earlier. I mean, like, it had been a long time. So, like, he's not... <laughs> he, didn't die, he didn't die of smoking, is what you're saying. No, he, he used to work in nuclear power plants in Ohio and Texas. And, like, actually used to climb down into, like, the, the smokestacks. Holy shit. So I, th- we think that it had something to do with that. However, the other thing, and this is not worth getting into a huge discussion about, but he was from North Philadelphia when he was born. That's where he was born and raised. And, you know, and 
so is a lot of his family, and all of them have neurological conditions in some capacity. They're not all aphasias, but they are all have some kind of neurological condition. So we kind of wonder if there was something in, like, the water or the home or what. Not not to make a joke of it, but, like, like it was like an Aaron Brockovich type of scenario. I know, yeah. And I'm not, I don't think you're making a joke at all. But, yeah, it's almost like we kind of wonder if it's something like that. Yeah, you know? So, um... But and not to take away from Terry Jones, but yeah, but the but the pulmonary condition I think was a result of his work at the nuclear plants, and you know, I didn't know that he had the that Terry Jones had the aphasia, so I I'm kind of glad just, it came. What's that? We just thought we just thought it was dementia. I mean, dementia is well, awful as it is. It doesn't. And that's how it's. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Wait a minute! I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. yeah wait. Here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Being reported, even the BBC, even Michael even Michael Palin, I watched the interview with Michael Palin where he was calling it dementia. So I don't know if they were... Well, it says that he died of a, of, from complications of dementia. That's all it says. Okay, which, all right. And and so I guess the progressive primary aphasia is the technical term for it. I don't know. Anyway, that's really not the point. The the interesting thing for me, and I'm and I hate to say this because I sound kind of selfish, but I was actually glad the pulmonary condition took my father over the aphasia, because for him to sit there and if I were to walk in one day and he not know who I was would have killed me. Like he knew who I was up through the end. Coming from someone who my my great aunt had Alzheimer's, I think you told us that before. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And my mother and I would take care of her. I mean, my mother mostly. I would come by when my mom would have me, and or you know whatever. Sure. Um, her name was Marina, so I I would see. I mean, she was my grandfather's sister, so she's my great aunt Marina. And to see her, I mean, it's really fucked up because there were genuine moments of she didn't know who I was and she would be very hostile. Mm. But I mean, not like she didn't hit me or anything like that, but like, right, but just, yeah. Yeah. But like it, it's really fucked up because there are moments where you just can't help, but laugh at the absurdity of what they're saying. It's really sad, but it's kind of funny. Like my, like she accused my mother once of, sleeping with her husband meaning mm. she accused my mother of sleeping with my mother's uncle right 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 i get it she and she did and my grandmother was there and my grandmother's know my my aunt 
70 years or sure. 50 years or whatever it was, you know? So my grandma's, <laughs> we're all just, I'm in shock because I'm just like, Aunt Marina's like, I know you're fucking Bill. And it's like, and mom is just, my mom is the best. And when it comes to shit like that, because my mom has been a bartender, so she's just used to stupid right. shit coming out right. of people's mouth. Not to mention she married my father and, and, and hacked me. <laughs> right, so right. she's used to shit like this. But like she, my mom was just like, "Okay, Marina, yeah, sure, I'm a, I'm fucking my uncle Bill. That sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm in shock because it was a real transition to see what that disease does, and then yeah. it it snaps me in a reality of like this. She's she's not there. She's yeah. not there anymore. This yeah. is a complete total stranger. Um, um, and then she she turned it on me one time where mom had to run an errand. I had to sit there with Aunt Marina and. I was like, hey, hey, Aunt Marina, would you like me to make you a sandwich or something? I was just trying to help out. Sure. And she's like, no. Who the fuck are you? And I'm like, oh, Ma- Aunt Marina, it's it's I'm your I'm your great nephew Rico. I'm you know I'm 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 so and so's grandson. I'm, I'm I try to help her yeah. with the genealogy, trying to bring her back to you know where she was. And she just said, you are a stranger. Get the fuck out of my house. And like threatened to call 911 and I had to call, I had to kind of like calmly take the phone from her and without right scaring her and I'm like 15 years old and 16 something like that called up my mom I'm like I need you to get the fuck back here right now this bitch is about to call the cops I'm sorry yeah like, yeah, yeah so the, I was never particularly close so when she said like who are you it wasn't like how could you forget me I'm your favorite no yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I might as well have been a stranger um so yeah, I. But it, it's hard. I, I get it. I get it. It's hard. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I watched a BBC news report on Terry Jones right before we started tonight, and there was a a clip of him at the Baftas accepting what I believe was like a lifetime achievement award or something to that effect. I didn't really get into what the award was. It was not about that. Was it recent? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was post diagnosis. Oh yeah, it was like like a month ago, like real oh, recent. Sure. Yeah, 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 like super recent. If I at least if I understood what I was looking at, maybe I'm misunderstanding. But if I understood what I was looking at, it was like super recent. And his son was up there with him, and he went to give the speech and just blanked. Like he didn't. He knew where he was. It wasn't one of those like "Where am I? What the fuck's going on?" kind of things. But like. You just, it was gone, and he he couldn't comprehend the read the teleprompter. It was just gone, and that that's hard to watch. You know, is so. it is it is it more? What's the what's the word? Is it more sympathetic or less sympathetic for the for them to try and give him a war to give him like his last award? They knew that this was going to be the end of his life. Yeah, but like, couldn't you have done that? without making him be confused and kind of probably embarrassed and, and, you know, well, I, I get, I, I get what they were trying to do, but like they should have just let his son just accept the award on his behalf. Have Terry just stand there or whatever. Well, the, the thing with, no. And my guess is it was up to the family. It was up to Terry. It was up to the kid, you know, cause like from what I understand about Terry Jones, like, up to the end, he had these moments where he was, like, on top of stuff. And then it would just, like like I just described, it would just 
be gone. So they probably had a discussion where he was like, I want to go up there. And, you know, from the things I've read about him and then I think I already knew because Terry Jones. So for, let's let's back up for a second. We've been saying some very positive things and some sad stories. Unlike Kobe Bryant, Terry Jones may not be on everybody's radar. And so I feel like we needed to back up a second and explain who he is. So now I would like to think our fans <laughs> would know who Terry Jones is, but there's still a possibility they don't. And so that's why I want to get in real quick. So Terry Jones is probably the founding member along with Michael Palin, Palin um, of Monty Python. I would say that he was definitely like, there's, there's different elements of the, of the Pythons. Um, they each bring their own oh, to what it is for sure. I mean, I would almost argue, I think Graham Chapman until he passed away was the sort of pseudo de facto leader in his own oh. way. Yeah, I would, I would concur with that. Absolutely. I mean, there's a re- there's a reason why he's King Arthur in Holy Grail. I mean, he, and and Brian, and Brian. I mean, he was yeah. the commanding presence. He was the, um, you know, John Cleese, very kind of, good looking man, very and, opinionated, but he was the anti Graham Norton, uh, not Graham Norton, Graham Chapman. Graham Chapman, yeah. He, he also kind of took over that was, role, though, after Graham passed. I'll let you finish your point, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah. John Cleese is, and he'll be the first to admit it, is he's the he's the anti one because he he can be more of a prick. He's more he's brash, like yeah, than... Have you seen any of Faulty Towers? Have you ever watched this? I have. I, I have, yeah. He is absolutely perfect for that role. Yes. No way could you have yes. seen Graham Chapman, Terry Jones, Michael Palin, or Eric Idle as Basil Fawlty. That's the point. Right. Uh, but you could also see John Cleese be incredibly warm and kind in his films as well. Yes. He, he looks like he can be a prick. Um, whereas Terry Jones, in my opinion, was the de facto he was the director before terry gilliam yeah he was because he directed all three of the python films or at least co-directed he co-directed uh holy grail and then holy Holy grail was holy grail was co-directed by him and gilliam if i corrected my information i think you're right but i think Um, gilliam primarily focused more at the time on the animation aspect. No, I think it's the other way around. I think you've got it backwards. Terry Jones was the animated. No, Terry Gilliam did all the animation. All Why do they keep saying that Jones had got the big, now has the big foot on him? That's the, you know, because the old thing about the big foot that drops down on him. But that that was in all the animation in all of Monty Python Flying Circus and the films and everything, the weird cutout pictures and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all Gilliam. The, the foot is just because that's every episode would begin with the foot dropping on the title of Monty Python Flying Circus. Right, so, right, right, right. Okay, so that makes it, sense. It, it, yeah, it's it, it would be more. It'll be far more symbolic when it's Terry Gilliam when the foot crashes on the on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's still 
he's a member of Monty Python. It will it'll be the exact same way with Eric Idle, John Cleese, um, and Terry Gilliam. It, it just you know that's that's their way. I mean, when Graham Chapman died, very young, by the way. I think he was like forty two or something. Like he was not. Yeah, I, he died of uh, cancer, I From believe. From smoking. It was lung cancer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he was a very, he was definitely a more than a pack a day kind of man. Yep. Um, and then he, um, he was also, like, when he died, the Pythons had had a schedule where they were supposed to do a tour together. And instead, they had to cancel that and do a fucking, um, a, a, a eulogy, a, a funeral for a grand yep. And, I'm pretty sure it was John Cleese, and he just flat out said, like, you know, as usual, Graham Chapman can't fucking be, you know, can't stick to our schedule. You know, <laughs> he had to make this all about him. Yeah, that, you know, that sounds of, like a John Cleese kind of line. And, that, and that's my point, is that it's sad Terry Jones is dead, but, but in no way is it tragic. And he would be the first to say, don't mourn me. I, I have, yeah. you know, you got to make this funny. I guarantee all the other members are like, God damn it. Like Terry, and you were it, supposed to, we were supposed to go golfing next week. You son of a bitch. Like, yeah, they're gonna make a of it. I, well, I ended the, the, I also watched an interview with Michael Palin and you could see, cause he even says in the interview, like we had time to prepare for this because of the, you know, the diagnosis wasn't last week or last year. It was a while ago. Um, it wasn't sudden. It never yeah. Really is unless it's unfortunately Kobe. That's that's that is sudden. That's sudden. Yeah, absolutely. So you know they had time to to um, prepare, but he, you could tell he just seems broken a little bit. You know, and uh, I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but because he Michael Powell. Yeah, Michael. He, I haven't really woken up. Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, (laughs) I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Because they've known each other since he was 19 years old. You know, so they were friends for a long time, you know, so it's just but, you know, you you got Python and I I, want to transition a little bit into Python, you know, because Mm -hmm. you're never going to get that again. There's never going to be. I mean, there's there's arguments for National Lampoon, which. I'm sure is a valid argument to some degree, you know, but it, it's weird because there I, I'm a big fan of, of British humor. Uh, Michael introduced the pythons to me when we were like, we got, we, I must've been 13. I was 14 like when I was introduced to Python. So yeah, that sounds about right. But it wasn't the show. He put on meaning of life. That was the very first uh, introduction. Do you know what's funny? That's the one I can't get through. I have such a... I mean, they're all good, um, but Meaning of Life has like a weird... It, it's the perfect way to 
it, for me, introduce someone to the Pythons without like, oh, Holy Grail is amazing and Life of Brian is amazing, but you got to watch this because that's the underrated. It is not, yeah, not as popular. I mean, everyone goes for Holy Grail and, and yeah. um, Life of Brian, but and if you if you sit through and enjoy Meaning of Life, you'll love everything else they did. And to to help people know who we're talking about, if if you're familiar with Monty Python, if you're familiar with the meaning of life, because I have seen it, and Terry, if I'm remembering this correctly, Terry Jones is the guy who actually blows up in the restaurant. Yeah, you know, it's West Coffin, and he's like, "Oh fuck you, I'm fucking dust." Like the guy who just eats nothing, eats everything, and just explodes. Well, they give him uh, John Cleese. That goes with my whole thing. John Cleese is the villain in a lot of the movies and a lot of the shows. Is the French waiter gives him a, a, a like a wafer thin mint and boom, and, <laughs> and knows like he's like oh, yeah. he, he's like he knows this is gonna blow the dude up. Puts it on his tongue, and then all that takes is for him to just blow up, and like it shows his carcass and his ribs, yep. and there's just a yep. tiny little beating heart. See, that's what I'm saying. If anybody's not all like upset about Terry Jones's death, it's Terry Jones because he's like, I have <laughs> right. that he directed that movie. Like, yeah, he, he was like, I, I have such a, you know, they were all they all had real dark personalities to go with their lightness as well. Eric Idle, I would say, seems the most jovial and lighthearted of Palin. the entire. Palin's up Palin, there with him. I, I would say Palin too. Yeah, Palin and and, and Idle. I mean, Idol, I think, had more... Palin came off a little... Still kind of does. Came off a little... Like, he was to be the one with the stutter. You know, he, he's the sort of... Yeah. Like, he had the stutter in A Fish Called Wanda, which I believe he actually did have. So uh, I, I don't know. I think the stutter gave him a stutter. Like, per, 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 uh, per, in preparation for the film, for A Fish Called Wanda, he actually... Developed a stutter, and it took him months to get rid of it. Yeah, uh, which happens uh, sometimes. Sure, sure. Just, just get into it. Um, there's another actor who was in Black Adder. Uh, he developed. He was supposed to have a, a nervous tick and a twitch, and he couldn't get rid of it for like like several years later. Wow. Where he was just like like it was like a harsh blink twitch thing, and he just it was like Tourette's. He just couldn't drop it. He had to go to like therapy. So, but that's beside the point. Um, Terry Jones, I always felt like was the forgotten Python, but really instrumental to how they were so successful. Oh, for for sure, for sure. Him and and, and to the point you were making earlier, him and the, him, Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam, I feel like were the battery that kept that thing rolling. Like the faces of it are your Cleese. Graham Chapman, or yeah, Graham Chapman yeah. and and Eric Idle. Those are your faces to Monty Python, but the battery that kept the machine rolling was Gilliam, Jones, and Palin. To the point where, like, I think people are surprised that Gilliam would be on screen because when I was younger, I always assumed Gilliam was just the other guy who did all the weird artwork and yeah. the drawings. And then he like he's in Holy Grail. He plays um, Arthur's. He's the guy yeah. banging the coconuts. Together. Well, he's one of the guys because there's four guys. But yes, he's the one actually. You know how I re- I know to remember which one he is. They get the they, one. 
What? I know what line you're going to go with, but go ahead. They're rolling up to Camelot. And he's like, they're all like, Camelot, Camelot, Camelot. It's only a model. And just floors me. Exactly what I'm thinking. (laughs) It floors me every time. I, it's such a great line, and that, yeah. that's exactly what I think of, too. I, I, whenever I'm like, which one's Gilliam? That's Gilliam. He's also the only American. Yes, yes, which it says born a in, lot, you know. Born in Minnesota, but, I mean, he he has a blend of British and American accent. I mean, when he's in, when he's in America, it sounds more American, but. Uh, he actually gave up his citizenship. I looked at, I happened to catch that when I was looking it up. His American citizen? Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Um, I mean, that's not saying anything bad about him. I I wouldn't blame him personally. (laughs) Well, no, this was was in 2006, so this was long before any of the chaos that we're dealing with now. But, um, yeah. Um, You know, that said, the other thing that that Terry Jones is well-known for is from... Because, again, so people know Python from the movies, Life of Brian, Meaning of Life, Holy Grail, whatever. But they also had... What's that? And the TV show. Well, that's what I was getting to. They Uh, also had a a successful TV show for years called Money Python's Flying Circus, which was, for those not familiar, a sketch comedy show that... So very Saturday Night Live-esque, but much more British humor and not live. They would tape it. And I think, I mean, the the most famous sketch from that show period is the dead parrot sketch, probably right in front of the the um, the Institute of Crazy Walks, I believe is what it was called. But yes, uh, um, silly walks, silly walks. walks. Thank you. Yes. Um, but the other one is the spam woman. Now I don't know the name of the sketch. <laughs> But it's a woman just I'm, spam, I'm, spam, I'm, spam, spam, spam. And that was Terry Jones. He was the one who played that role. I think they were, they, I think they all dressed in drag. That was the funny. At some point, yeah. Oh, you mean but, in that sketch? Oh, all of them. Yeah. All, throughout the show and movies, I, there was, all, I'm pretty positive Terry Jones played Brian's mother. Yes, he no, he did. I watched a clip of it earlier. Yeah, and he said he's not the Messiah; he's a dirty little boy. Yeah, I mean, he 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 played that role so well. I mean, like the woman role because he's played it multiple times. I'm pretty sure he's the woman in the mud in Holy Grail when they're arguing about a a theocracy versus a autonomic. You know, the whole political structure of that. It might have been idle, but you know that's the thing is until you know who they are, you're always going to be like, which one's that? Is that one John Cleese? It's not John Cleese because John Cleese is the popular one. He's the most well known. Yeah, I, know. I would I would argue Eric Idle's right there as well in terms of popularity. I I think Americans, especially because Eric Idle gets a giant notoriety, especially a young among young children. For being the British guy in Casper, right, and then also Harry Potter. He's not in Harry Potter. That's John Cleese. I thought you said Cleese. I said Eric Idle. Oh, oh, oh! I did. I misheard you. Then my bad. No, John Cleese did play a different ghost. It just wasn't in Casper. He was, right, yeah, right, right. He was nearly okay. headless neck, but he was also. I think he had a big. 
bad or bad or good, however you feel about it, he was definitely noticeable in the 2000 film of Charlie's Angels. He was also we had a small cameo, but like I remember him, like oh my god, it's John Cleese. The fuck is he doing in this movie? But wasn't he also uh, Q in a couple of Bond Q. movies? He was, yeah, he was R is really what his name was. He was R. Okay, well, but, but then, he was the Q type character, though, wasn't he? I mean, it may not have been. Yeah, he was the replacement. But I also, for me, I, re- I mean, we're not we're talking about Terry Jones. We're not trying to dip away. Yeah, from yeah, Terry no, Jones, no, no, no. Like, I get it. Um. But, I remember John Cleese more apart from like Faulty Towers, most prominently in the Great Muppet Caper, which is set in England. Yes, I have a point to get back to when you're done, but finish. Yeah, but, no, no, no. I just I remember, I remember being a little kid watching John Cleese and being because he he looks kind of as like I said, he could be antagonistic. He sure. looks like he could be a very good villain, but then he completely drops it. Like he like the. Did you see the Great Muppet Caper when you were, when oh, you were little? Oh yeah, forever? it's been years, but I've seen it. Yeah, that's that's still my favorite because it was the one I really watched all the time. I just loved it. I think it's There's- mine too, but the Muppets Take Manhattan isn't far behind for me. So if we're getting into that real quick, yeah. I mean, Treasure Island's also very good, but I've never seen that one actually. I just, I just bought it from work. Actually, we're Did selling it. Yeah, I think I it's on I- Disney Plus. I could probably watch it there if I want to because all the Muppet stuffs on yeah. there. All the, all the mark, but there's a part where Miss Piggy is pretending that she's a rich socialite. Yes, and they she tell she makes up an address to meet. Oh God, I date. forgot. Yeah, that's Cleese. And yeah, that's Cleese. And they she they're like sneaking into the house, and Cleese is fully aware, and he's like following them around the house, and Piggy is like grabbing Kermit. It's like. You know, he's like, "Oh yeah, who's that?" He's like, "Oh, that's what just one of the um, you know, uh, servants." And then running through the house, they go, they lock themselves in a closet. John Cleese opens the door with like, "Who are you?" And then they say, and then he, the the British stereotype of having to always be polite just takes him over when he's like, yeah. "Who are these Muppet animal things in my house?" And his, him and his wife character. Haven't left the house in thirty years is what the conversation is when they're having over dinner, right? And and then she she Miss Piggy's like, oh that'll be all Jeeves, and he's like, oh right, is there anything else I can help you with? And like he just right. turns into the yeah. butler out of pure <laughs> politeness. <laughs> yeah, so fucking funny. Sorry, um, but back to Terry Jones. No, um, it's not just about Terry Jones. I, I did want to... Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc. 
If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen transition to python a little bit so you're fine but um there's a couple things i wanted to to point out that i um because i just looked up the cast list from imdb for holy grail and so to the point i was making earlier he is the old woman that they're discussing yeah because he's listed as dennis's mother and i know that the other part the other character is dennis because the there's the whole bit about well you could just call me Dennis why didn't know you were called Dennis you know that kind of thing um to rewatch oh I'm probably doing that as soon as we're done to be honest with you um is it on a streaming thing no but I own it so I'm, um, I might own DVD actually um but yeah so there's that and then this has nothing to do with Terry Jones but it it literally has the entire cast and and the six pythons and what position you know what characters they played and they played a fuck ton of characters in this movie um but what i don't think i've realized and this is my fault but that graham chapman who played king arthur also was the voice of god when god appears as an animated character in the sky that makes sense so (laughs) Graham Chapman was talking to Graham Chapman. Graham Chapman was yelling at Graham Chapman. Yeah, oh, basically. Oh, stop sniveling! One of my favorite, and I'm going to fuck up a lot, one of my favorite parts Please. of Holy Grail is uh, John Cleese playing the weird Ram guardian dude. The guy with the horns, with the beard. Oh, um, um, Roger, Roger the Shrubber. Or no, no, Roger was the Shrubber. This was um Tim, Tim the Enchanter. Yeah. The thing was that he was supposed to have this really long, complicated name. John Cleese forgot. Is it? You can call me Tim. Tim. <laughs> that movie is full of. Oh, it's fantastic! I mean, it is. It is. I mean, the, the Pythons on a whole were everything anti-British at that time. Yeah. It was, and they set the tone. They were like, we're going to be all over the place. I mean, if you, if you showed someone who's never seen any form of British humor, I mean, there's different levels of British humor. There's like Black Catter, which is sitcom, historical, you know, witty dialogue. Every line is witty dialogue. Then you get your, you know, something like there's another one called Keeping Up Appearances, which is also another sitcom yep. about high society life when you really don't have any money, but you're going to pretend yeah. that you're wealthy. Then you get the young ones, which is absolutely bonkers weird of a sitcom, and it's like it has the same type of tone as Monty Python, but more anarchist and grungy because it's 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 very Rick Mild. Do you know Rick Mild at all? No. File was this aloof, like I mean, he was just this insane comedian, 
And he was known for making weird faces and yelling at the top of his lungs. And it was very funny, but like you want to talk about Harry Potter, he was supposed he was supposed to play Peeves, the poltergeist in the Harry okay. Potter films. Okay. Never featured in movies, very featured in the books, where he was sort of the anti-ghost of Hogwarts. Perfectly cast for Rick Mile. And then they just end up cutting it. But Rick Mile was like, I got paid for it so fuck them fuck, fuck, <laughs> Bonus, fuck harry potter and and that was that was him and but monty python was this weird like acid kind of show it, it was very colorful all the sketches none of the sketches made sense but they were incredibly witty and incredibly yeah. funny i mean i remember they would do this they would they if, if i could really even be honest in a weird way it was a live-action British version of the Family Guy cutaway gags. Oh, you know totally. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. To the point where, like, I'm now kind of annoyed by certain things of Family Guy where like, they do, they they drag out a bit so much. And it's yep. just, in my opinion, they're like, they're trying to do that as a pun, but they're also like, we don't have any other ideas to fill this episode. Let's do the, ah, Yeah, yeah. But there's a thing where, um, prime example, it shows a character running in a field up towards the camera. The camera is not yes. moving, and it's just like him running yes. in a field, and it goes on and on and on and on and on into the point where we're like, where the fuck is this going? And the character runs up to the camera and says, it's... And then it stops, and then the intro to uh, Monty Python, like that whole thing. That's their humor. That is the best example of. And they do that. They do that bit in Holy Grail. Right, but that's that was. I mean, it started out. And Flying Circus started out before the movies. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying they 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 re they relive that bit or redo that bit in Holy Grail. There's one where in Flying Circus, they were like aware that there were there was this whole thing throughout the entire episode where like the like the queen was going to watch the show. And then they kept commenting like, oh, my God, the queen has stopped watching the show. She's actually gone to use the toilet like they're they're making shit up like they were brazen. Oh, yeah, they were fierce. They, They did not give a fuck. That's okay, sort so of what I, I would imagine so, Terry Jones was a lot behind that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I wanted just a couple of quick things about Monty Python. Right, I'm looking at the full mm-hmm. cast list. It's literally the six guys in Python, nine other people, and then a list of ten women from Castle Anthrax, and that's it. The ultimate irony is that. I think the Python troupe played more women than the women did. You know what I mean? Oh, like, without question. Yeah. Now, the a couple, there's a couple quick things I want to point out that I just like from this cast list. So, number one, um, do you remember when they're going through the, the nights, like, in the beginning when there's, like, they're, just a, they're flipping through the pages, and it's, like, this night, and it's Sir Galahad, Sir Robin, whatever. Right. And then you get to Sir not appear, appearing in this film, and it's a picture of a little kid's face. Yeah, that's not a generic kid. Apparently, that's Michael Palin's son. <laughs> so 
that's that. And then the other thing that I find, and this is just the kind of, and maybe maybe I'm reading into it too much, but this is the kind of humor that I love about Monty Python, right? So do you remember that throughout the movie, they're also shooting a, a well, at least at the beginning, they're shooting a documentary about uh, King Arthur. Is that when the crew gets like arrested from the cops at the end? Is that well? The same well, that's thing? why they get arrested at the end because they get they're arrested for murdering the historian because at one point the historian's doing like one of those, you know, and this is where so-and-so and a knight comes through and just slices his throat and kills him. You remember yes, what I'm talking I about? Rem- okay. That, I think I need to see, I think I need to rewatch Holy Grail as an adult. I think the last time I saw it was when I was like 18. Or okay, or well, but still, do you remember the historian getting killed? Yes, right? Yeah. yeah that that actor, what? Was that Jerry Jones? No, that's just a guy named John Young, but that actor also plays the bring out your dead and the guy who's draped over his shoulder. I'm not quite dead yet. Uh-uh. Because so Eric Idle is the one bring out your dead. Right, but the guy that is being carried out to the cart right. is the same right. actor. Right. So he's playing a dead man and ends up dead. Right. He, it's just... He, he... They finished him off finally. As basically, yeah. Except it's two different I'm not people. Dead yet, slash, they yeah, are <laughs> exactly. So, uh, can I just tell you one final quick story about that, and then we'll move on to our last point for the night? Um, of course. So, I went to a private school for middle school, so third through eighth grade, essentially, and every. So every year or every three years, I forget. They Wait, on you said third to eighth grade. Well, yeah, I know it's not all middle school. There was fifth to eighth grade, but that's uh, I was there oh, from third to eighth like, grade. Third grade's still elementary to me, but okay. No, it technically was. Um, but they would do. But the school was not huge. Like for example, my entire class in eighth grade when I left was forty-two people. I believe that sounds like that sounds like my actual just high school that I went to. It was small like that. My high school that I went to was an alternative high school, and it was pretty much just a hallway in another high school's building. Okay. All right. Well, then yeah, yeah, that might. We had about, this we had about like maybe fifty to seventy students uh, when I was going there. Okay. Well, just to put it in perspective, this school had pre-K through seniors in high school in the same campus. And there was probably 200 people in the entire building. Like, it was not... Yeah. Anyway. So, every year, though, they would... It's probably closer to 500, but you get the point. Um, by comparison, my high school graduation class was 370-some-odd people. So, you know, just to put it in comparison. But anyway, they would celebrate the Mayfair every so many years. I want to say it was every five years. They would do the Mayfair, which is like they would turn the the back fields, which they had huge fields, into like medieval times. And there'd be all kinds of stuff. My eighth grade year, we convinced, because each grade would take like a thing. So, so one grade would run like the jousting and one grade would run the, the food. And there would be, you could come down with a disease. There'd be fake rats that would, like, bite you, and then you would have to go and get medically treated. Like, you would be role-playing. It would basically be a renaissance fair for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how we convinced them to do this, but we convinced them 
to do Bring Out Your Dead <laughs> for my grade. And we walked around with carts and triangles all day. Just bring out your dead. Dong. You know, just all day. That's what we did. And it was fantastic. You know what always killed me? Uh, mm. The knights who say me. me. And then when they go back, they're no longer the knights who say me. We are the knights who say icky, icky, zapang, zooey. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. Um, anyway. Uh, listen. Terry, I hope you're sitting down having a glass of scotch with with Graham, you know? And just you kicking know, back. You know, there's one final movie that he directed that I actually forgot that he directed. Sure. Uh, he directed a sort of pseudo... It, it's sort of the... Like there's there's like oh, the God. three main Python films, right? And then I would throw like Time Bandits in there as because he didn't direct Time Bandits. That was a that's Gilliam, yeah, yeah. That, that's Gilliam. But like I'm sure he ran by Jones a couple times. And oh, been wow. like, hey, it's sure. funny and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: there's a movie called Absolutely Anything that came out in 2015. And it's sort of the last, like in a weird way, another Python film without being a Python film, because it has he directed it, and it has the voices of the remaining five members of Monty Python. Sure. And it stars Simon Pegg as okay. this guy who's who is like given powers by aliens to literally do anything. He can change time. He can change his appearance. He can freeze shit. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's Simon Pegg, it's Kate Beckinsale, and Robin Williams is is a voice of a dog that he's like, I want my dog to speak. So he like lets his dog he like makes his dog speak with powers. Right. right. I forgot that Terry Jones directed this, but it's I remember watching him like this is it's definitely not the best, but it's the most modern day contemporary film. And the fact that Terry Jones directed this. Right, probably around the same time he got his diagnosis, in its own way, is an achievement. As well. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a couple of direction things I want to talk about that he did, and then I have one more other thing to say about him, and then I want to move on. But he, um, apparently, according to IMDb, and you'll appreciate this, he also, because um, Kevin's, Kevin's a big fan of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. He's talked about that on a couple of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old episodes. He's brought that movie up. And apparently Terry Jones wrote and directed that movie. And then also, and this I didn't know, and I'm I'm kind of a little surprised by, but in a good way, he directed a couple episodes of the young Indiana Jones show. Really? The young yeah. Indiana Jones Chronicles? Uh, no, the Indiana Jones Chronicle, as well as the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, which I believe are two different shows. Or maybe it was the same show, and they just sort of pushed it together. Maybe, or maybe the chronicles, maybe. Yeah. chronicles of Indiana Jones. Kind and then of finally, the and then finally, he actually directed the Monty Python and Old Quest for the Holy Grail video game that came out in 1996. I didn't even know there was a video game. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but it he is. He also a directed thing. a movie called Eric the Viking, and I have no fucking clue. What oh, that it's is. a it's a CD ROM game. I do remember this. I didn't play it, but it was it's a PC game and. And yeah, it's it's 
No, not, this is an actual movie. This is an actual movie. No, I'm talking about this Holy Grail thing I was just telling you about. Well, I'm saying he also directed a movie called Eric the Viking, and that's yes. I, I, but that's yeah. So oh, weird. So um, yeah. So and then the other thing I, I and I didn't notice till I watched the BBC thing I referenced earlier, but he had an incredible love for and knowledge of medieval England. Like he he was fascinated by medieval times, not the restaurant, but the actual times. And actually hosted a show about that that aired regularly on the BBC, like a historical documentary show. You know, it is absolutely surprising that, because I don't think you've seen any Black Adder, but the first first couple seasons of Black Adder are very much medieval. Like, the first season's all medieval shit, and the second season becomes, like, Elizabethan era. Okay, okay. I would be surprised. I was. I'm, it's more surprising that Terry Jones didn't have anything to do with the first season of Black Adder because that would have been really up his fucking alley. Right. I think if you are if you like uh, Holy Grail, you might like Black Adder. But Black Adder's the one. The first season is really just not the best. I always recommend going two, three, four, and then going backwards to one, unless just, you want to do it properly. Right. I. You know. Uh, and I'll and I'll end it with this. Monty Python got honored at something in Colorado a number of years back. I think it was like the 25th anniversary of Python, Python, something like that. And they were all on stage. And this is well before he was diagnosed with anything. So he was as sharp as he ever was. But the point of bringing that up is they set out six chairs on the stage. And the five of them came out. And then they brought out an urn and put the urn on the sixth chair that was Graham Chapman. And I'm not, I'm certain it wasn't actually his urn because at one point on purpose, the urn gets knocked over and they clean it up with a dust buster. So I, yeah, so I I highly doubt it was actually Graham, but you know, (laughs) I I would hope that if they get honored again like that, or they do some kind of tribute that they still bring out six chairs and bring out two urns this time. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) <laughs> have them both fall and dump and they just sort of say oh fuck it now they get to be together right something like that yeah like it, it just would be it would be perfect I actually have this special I, I have a, a thing that I have that entire special Um, so listen it wouldn't be Potescue if we don't talk a little bit about some of the other things going on and and there's not really a way to transition, but like there well, is a morbid. Say that we could say that the the guys we talked about are dead. Now we can move on to a living vampire. <laughs> there you go. Um, because yeah. yes, the trailer for Morbius came out. Now it's been a couple weeks at this point, I believe, about two weeks ago. Um, we just haven't had, we've had so much to do already with the show. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, but right. it's pretty fucking good looking. I got to be honest with you. Oh, you saw it finally. I did. I planned on watching it before we talked about it, and I did. So, so for the little quick recap, we actually talked about Morbius when we talked. We did a whole episode about Blade, which we called Blade Pool, because we talked about Ryan Reynolds and and yada yeah. yada and how he's in that. Yeah, Morbius, the Living Vampire, is, if I remember correctly, he he's trying to cure himself of a of a blood disease. And Correct. Then, uh, uses vampire bats as as 
a pathogen, I guess, or as, as a form of a cure to try and get. And then he tested on, on himself. Every Marvel fucking villain or DC fucking villain, usually it's an accident gone awry because they tested this on, on themselves. Same fucking, thing happened with Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2. Doc, Doc Ock, Lizard. Um, yeah. Morbius, obviously. Yep. Uh, I mean... Venom, Mr. not so Freeze. much. Mr. Freeze. Well, no, Mr... He didn't test something on himself, did he? But I'm saying it had gone awry or sure. he tested it on sure. himself. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it's it's science gone bad is mm-hmm. really what that means. Right. Um, Morbius is no exception. I I remember being more aware of Morbius as a villain because I remember uh, in our research on Blade finding out that Blade... Because we we watched the movies and we're like, okay, they got it right. That's how it's supposed to be, right? He was just he got his powers from being blah 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 blah. Right, right. Yeah, he got his powers from Morbius biting him, and that's where he got the vampiric strength right. and and speed and all right. that shit. Although I so, and I, I don't want to get into a whole blade discussion. I feel like I like the way they set it up in the movie better, honestly, at least in that version of the movie. And since you've gone there already, I I wanted to. Because when I watched that trailer for Morbius, knowing that information about Blade that we talked about on the Blade episode, mm-hmm. and knowing that there's a Blade movie coming with Mahershala Ali playing Blade, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to tie those things together now. Because they are already for lack of a better phrase, crossing the streams because there is a picture of Spider-Man on a wall with the word murderer sprayed across it, which is a callback to Far From Home. And, yeah, what were you going to say? Because I think uh, you're talking about the cameo at the end? Yeah, Michael yeah. fucking Keaton, dude. Which, I'm look, look, that fucking better be Tombs because if it's a different character, it's going to be disappointing. Here's what it says. Okay, you, got new, you have Keaton information. Will, Good. Yeah. Additionally, Michael Keaton will appear in the film. He previously portrayed Adrian Toomes slash Vulture in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film Spider-Man Homecoming, but has not been confirmed to be reprising that role. Why? Right. Agreed. I, that is, that's, because you're already, you know, you're, they're expressing canon and continuity with Spider-Man being in the background on a photo saying, murderer which the implication is the public now knows that peter parker is spider-man and because mysterio framed him for murder right that's what that means right you can't have michael keaton be in it be in this mcu and not be tombs it doesn't make any bit of goddamn sense right it would be like having tom hardy be in it and not being venom right agreed agreed and and that's still a possibility I wouldn't be stunned if Venom, like, showed up for, you know, like, a, a, a split moment. Um, well, this was Sony's attempt trying to... I mean, Sony has been wanting desperately to do a Sinister Six villain MCU yes. for so goddamn yes. long. Yes. They wanted to do it with Amazing Spider-Man 3. And it failed miserably. It failed miserably. Um, they were trying to do it. 
with Venom, and Venom kind of was like, "Are you serious? Like, you guys really want to do this? You want to make I, your own weird Suicide Squad thing?" I didn't have as much of a problem with Venom. Now we've talked about that, so I'm not going to go right into that again. But Venom was not terrible. It was. It just wasn't great. You know, it what I'm wasn't saying? great. It, it was a clear definition of Sony versus Disney. That's my point. Right, but if I and and you need to help me here, but. Did Venom happen before... No, it happened after Homecoming, correct? Yes. Okay. So they already had the, for lack of a better phrase, working relationship with Marvel Studios at that point. Yes, but you can clearly see the... Because that was just Sony. Right. With approval, with... with um, Guidance? Su- with support. Okay. From Feige and, and Marvel, without being... This is Kevin Feige doing Civil War or Spider-Man Homecoming or Far with from home. Sony helping or Far From Home yeah. with Sony. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen support and you could see a big difference this as far as i know is them trying to work together because this trailer looked really good well i was but it's so but it's a sony film but it looks like the mc was really trying to shove it in like this is still connected whereas venom feels separate right now to not get into a whole conspiracy theory kind of thing they've already announced venom 2 so it, directed by Andy Serkis, amazingly enough. Right, yeah, I forgot about that, but you did tell me that. Um, so, I look, So first thing I have to do is I have to apologize to Mark, because I love that guy to death. He's one of my closest friends. Uh-huh. But I like Jared Leto in this. <laughs> like, he looks right for this role. Like, I'm actually like, all right, let's see you do you here. You know, like... In terms of Leto playing comic book characters, in theory, Leto would have been a great Joker, if if we're really being honest. He is an amazing, phenomenal, talented actor. I mean, in, there's no denying that. It's not, I mean, and in him playing the Joker should have worked. And I think it would have worked with the proper director and the proper vision. I think... Okay, Leto could have done just as good as Joaquin Phoenix for that type of movie. But see, I've also heard, and and, and probably a deeper discussion than we want to have tonight, but I also heard that he was very, this is the way I'm playing the Joker, 
and there's no like there was no talking him into a different mindset or version you know let me let me put it this way my opinion i felt like the joker acted like the joker the laugh was not very good but it was still creepy and unsettling which is what the laugh's supposed to be sure but he looked the part he had the green hair hold on bear with me he had the green hair he had the bleach skin he had all that the tattoos and and everything the grill well, it's not a grill. I it's mean, a grill. It, no, it's metal teeth. It's metal teeth. Because his teeth were knocked the fuck out. All right. I'm still with you. I think it's, I think, I still think he's the worst Joker. And in no way am I trying to say, like, I need Leto to be the Joker again. I think there should be no more fucking Jokers, personally. Well, right, which we've already talked to death. But, um, I'm just but, saying, yeah. With all I'm respect saying, to Mark. And nobody likes Jared Leto except Jared Leto and fuck with Jared Leto things because nobody likes Jared Leto. I kind of like Jared Leto in this. Like, he he looks right. The only other thing that I I mean, I like the fact that, you know, the vampire trope is an interesting character. When a hero is a vampire, you they have to bend and, and go to that thirst. Of human blood. They have to assault somebody to survive. We saw Blade do it. We saw Dracula versions of Dracula where he's a sympathetic character. Um, you know, we have your villain Dracula who loves to do what he does. And yep. you have your ones being like, I'm tortured. I don't want to do this. I want to, you know. And then you get your Twilight vampires, you know, the ones that are the vegetarians and sparkle and shit. <laughs> Well, they're the vegetarians because we only eat animal. We only get animal blood, and we sparkle and stupid. Well, that, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, if you want to, you, if you're defining that as a vegetarian vampire, then that's also Brad Pitt's character in Interview with a Vampire. Yes, he 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 was he was the first vampire vegan. He's the uh, he's the OG vampire vegan. <laughs> he's the OG uh, uh, vampitarian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know where they're going to go with this. We don't know if Morbius is a villain, if he's a hero, or if he's an anti-hero, or if he's an anti-villain. He is sort of murky in that aspect. He's always yeah. been consistently Spider-Man villain, but he's always kind of been like an anti-hero. Even, where he like, like he, yeah. He's part of like Blade's like... Well, uh, taking out a Blade like, from it, so... You, you... Or something? You talked about your first exposure to the character, and mine is way off. It was it was Spider Man the animated series from the nineties, you know, where which he still looks all fugly in that. At least they kept it consistent. No, he the character, especially compared to what I've seen from the comics since then, it was accurate visually speaking, you know. But even then, he wasn't like an enemy. Enemy. He he was a Spider-Man villain, but he was a Spider-Man villain because he was trying to not die. So he was like killing people and taking plasma and all that jazz, as a vampire does. So right. it it was interesting to see that dynamic. But you know, with with the cooperation. No, first to your your question about is he a villain. I think the way Sony's defining villain, yes. 
because to your point from a little while ago, they they want to do this Sinister Six, you know, villain thing, and Venom's part one, Morbius is going to be two, and then whatever's coming after that. Now, if Kevin Feige's getting any kind of input into this, and I think he is, no matter how much, you know, I think it's indicated by two things. One, the image on the wall that we've already talked about, and Michael Keaton, which I'm going to, at least at this point, until we hear something definitive, safely say that it's Tombs. Right. I, I think and tombs I. And Vulture that? is a member of the Sinister Six. Correct. So there's a way to link that too. What I really, really want. At this point, based on the research we've done, is I want Mahershala to show up at some point, either in this movie or mm-hmm. in another movie before the Blade movie. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and I will take this as an acceptable alternative, in the first, I'll say, 15 minutes of the Blade movie, you better see Jared Leto. Agreed. 100% agreed. Even go as far as to say, well, that, I don't. That's the other thing. I was going to say they should have Morbius be the Deacon Frost, you know, have bite his mother, but that, that wouldn't work because we don't know when. Uh, we're assuming, based on seeing Michael Keaton and Spider Man, that Morbius is set twenty twenty, whereas Blade should be back like thirty years beforehand or thirty five years beforehand. Why? To get the powers to for him to be bitten. If they're doing the classic thing where Blade's mother got bitten while she was pregnant, that's the transference of the powers. And then later meets uh, So Blade Morbius himself gets... doesn't get bitten. It's his mother that gets bitten by Morbius. No. What I'm saying is in the in the movie of Blade... No, I'm, as well, I, I'm saying... I, I, know what, I, I know what you're saying. I'm saying this. If they're going comics accurate, his mother gets bitten by Deacon Frost. That transfers the vampire or the daywalker type of mentality where in the originally it was just blade was un was immune to the vampire bite that's all that meant. right right it didn't have give him speed reflexes strength blah 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 it didn't give him the vampire powers it was just he was immune to it which not for nothing is kind of a useless fucking disease right agreed I mean, it's like you're still a human. You're I'm still, still trying to see, but where where are you going with this? Because that's what I'm trying to. I, I'm going that it it would have been nice if Morbius was a period piece in its own way, set in like the 80s or 70s or something. But wait, why? Is because then he could just bite. You know, he gives into the thirst briefly, bites Blade's mother while she's pregnant. Okay, and that so that's up in, in your Blade. research. The research that you did when we did the Blade episode. Because mm-hmm. now you're confusing the crap out of me. So I apologize. But Morbius bites Blade's mother or bites Blade to give the power? That's all I want to know. He bites Blade when Blade is already an adult. He so, Then he okay. gives him the power. So then forget the mom shit. Forget Wesley Snipes. Forget those movies exist. You pick it right up there. Okay. So you either... Again, you can have Mahershala show up at the end of Morbius, 
Like a bonus credit scene. Bonus credit scene or or in a bonus credit scene in a upcoming, maybe the next Spider-Man. Who knows? You know what I mean? As a Doctor transitional piece. The rumor is that he might appear in Doctor Strange 2. Who, because Blade? Supposed to be, yeah, Blade. Okay. Because that's supposed to be horror-oriented. Maybe Correct. we, we get a glimpse of Morbius biting Blade. Okay. And now I'm fine with any... As long as at one point you get the scene... Of if Jared Leto. If, if they're going to do it properly, that's how they should do it. And you get Jared Leto with Mahershala Ali. The only way I'm okay if it's not Mahershala, and I mean this sincerely, is if it's clearly a flashback. And maybe not to him being a baby or the mother, but like maybe like a young teen. So you need like a younger actor. You know what I mean? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is it won't work as a flashback because clearly... Uh, Morbius is set in our current timeline. It's right. like 20, 20 something. Well, okay, so then it's going to have to be adult Mahershala, but that's still doable. Right. It's doable. I'm not saying it's not doable. I'm just saying if they... I, I, What I was saying was I wish they had made Morbius a period piece. Okay, so you made it sound like Blade should be the period piece. That's where I was getting confused. Well, it would be a period piece if it was showing Blade as a kid. That's all I'm saying. But I say Morbius should have been a period piece. Look, I um, going back to the Sinister Six, we've actually seen more members than we initially think. So technically, Venom's not really a member of the Sinister Six, I don't think. I don't, The real yeah, hitters I, are Vulture, Doc Ock, Scorpion. Yeah. We saw Scorpion in the, in the post-credits scene. Uh, yes, okay, game. yep. Yep, 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 yep. He's in the the prison with uh, tombs. Yep, and he's got a tattoo of a scorpion on his neck. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So they're right there. That's three members, right? That's vulture. That's uh, scorpion. You can throw venom in just for the sake of it. Okay. And then we're getting carnage. Carnage is played by uh, Woody Harrelson. Yep. It's going to be weird to have Venom and Carnage both on the same fucking team. Uh, and then you throw in Morbius and then you just need a, you just need a Doc Ock or a Green Goblin. That's what you need. Okay, so there's... I'm saying, telling you right now, because I did a wiki search, there are 14 different incarnations of the Sinister Six. Right. So, and one of them actually has 12 members. That's stupid. One of them has seven members. Do they not understand the term Sinister Six? Yeah, I hear you. Um, what Sinister Six? We have 39 fucking members. Like, So, the first Sinister Six, just to, yeah, the original, to lay the original. that out, is Doc Ock. Yep. Electro. Ooh. Who, yeah. Craven the Hunter. Interesting. Mysterio. That makes sense. Sandman and Vulture. And oh, okay. So that's your original Sinister Six, like the first incarnation. Now. Well, they can't do Mysterio anymore. <laughs> unless they find a way to bring him back from the dead. Nah, he's dead. Let's see. Which I saw a clip of, I want to say, 
early, early, early in the film of Far From Home, it shows Hall's character numerous times in the background, keeping an eye on Peter Parker before the whole big reveal. Like when he's in New York. Yeah. Shit. Huh. Like, there's, there's deer dude walking by kind of glances in Parker's direction. That's apparently, I mean, I, I don't have the clip in front of me, but it's like, it shows Jake Gyllenhaal's character walking by and being like, keeping well, tabs on Parker. So check this one out. This one is the fifth incarnation. And according to the wiki, it was formed originally by Sandman in this one. He's the leader of the group, right? Mm-hmm. This one could work. Sandman, mm-hmm. Electro, Craven the Hunter, Venom, Vulture, and then Mysterio, but not Quentin Beck. It's Daniel Burkhart. Okay. So there's your... That's a way I, to do it. Number one, I'm going to say they probably will not do Electro. Because they did they Electro... Could, they could with, flop out Shocker for that if they really want to. Well, they did Shocker in Homecoming. But he's still alive. Right, the second Shocker is still alive, if I recall. So the, the black guy? I don't yeah. Know, I yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's always, I always think of him as like a buff Dave Chappelle. He looks so much like Dave Chappelle to me. A little bit, um, yeah. I think his name is like Mackay something? Mackay uh, Brooks or something? I don't know. I, don't I, look, I can look him up in a minute, but yeah. I don't think they're going to do Electro based on how Jamie Foxx's performance was received. I think they're trying to distance themselves like from the amazing Spider-Man as much as possible, which is why you won't see a lizard. Um, I think they'll go back to the original, especially since it's, um, it's the MCU and Kevin Feige, like Vulture is technically the second villain in the comic books. Here's the thing though, not to, like, I'm going through all these different versions, and there's a bunch of them, right? There's right. only one that I'm seeing where Venom's involved, and uh, and there's not anyone that I'm seeing where Morbius is involved. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, don't, I think they're making a Morbius film to not have redundant characters, and they're trying to do original fleshed-out characters. So, like, a, an original Sinister Six? Yeah, I think they're doing their own thing. I think they're I think they're going to combine original members with original characters that haven't really been on screen before. Because, just like the Joker, we don't need to see another fucking Green Goblin unless it's done to perfection. Right, I agree. Uh, so, all right, so then, uh, quickly, who uh, would we... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, 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 was, I would say, if I was going to... In this timeline or this MCU Sony mashup, do you want a Sinister Six? Is that what your question was going to yeah. be? Yeah, who who are the six going to be? I would stick with Scorpion for one. I sure. think he's a really underrated villain, and I would like to see that actor who's on like Better Call Saul, and and he's a he's I don't remember his name, but he right. I've always been kind of curious what a good Scorpion character could be because he's like trapped in the fucking suit. Is sort of what his whole thing is, and then there's later versions where he's part symbiote from Venom, so he becomes like an actual scorpion thing. They did a scorpion character in um, Spider Verse, 
that I was like, all right, it just reminds me so much of the Scorpion King part. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about uh, that when we talked about Spider-Verse. I remember. Yeah. Um, So I'd like to see a proper Scorpion. Um, I would like to see a good new interpretation of Dr. Octopus. I would like to still see a male version. I I love the female version of um, Spider-Verse. Olivia Octavius. Yeah. Um, I my, pound for pound, I still want Mark Hamill somehow in that. I think Mark Hamill would be. No, no, it's not just me. I didn't come. Like there was other people. No, that, like, I'm just. I want you to get Doc. to your six. Damn it. <laughs> I, I'm giving it to you. Uh, Scorpion, Doc Ock, um, Vulture is still a member. Yeah. Uh, that's three. So Morbius, I think they're trying to do that. So that's four. Um. Venom and Craven, sure. I would like to see Craven. All right, but okay, so let's. But based on what we know, right? Because there's a way to get six already with what we know. Craven's a yeah. guess, and I'm not saying you're wrong for the guess, but for, that's a guess. From what we know, we mm-hmm. have Vulture, mm-hmm. Scorpion, mm-hmm. Venom, Carnage. There's four. Obvious. Morbius. That's five. I feel like I'm missing one. And Shocker. You could technically have Shocker and there'd be your six. But I would say that Carnage well, would not be part of the Sinister Six. I would say he's the villain and the Sinister Six has to like like Suicide Squad take them that take the villains right. take I, down I, a major villain. I can't Right. Well it all depends on what they're gonna do with this Sinister Six, because I've heard Rumors that the the idea was to build that so they could then put Spider-Man into that movie and, for lack of a better phrase, Spider-Man would be the villain of that movie because it would be from their perspective, not Spider-Man's. Sure. He'd still be a hero, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be, you know. I don't think that'll work as well as they think unless they start making side scenes, like a James Bond opening where Spider-Man is fighting the villain just for 20 minutes, we get to see that they already interact with each other. You know what I mean? Like, well, and us, I think I think that they're starting to build that with that image we saw. So we may not get him in Morbius, but maybe the next one he shows up. Like, I think he's supposed to be in Venom too. You know? I, th- I think the public outcry, the fact that, like, there was a lot of backlash of Venom based on the fact that Spider-Man wasn't in it, and I think that was a big disservice. And especially because there's confirmed images of Holland on set. For Venom 1? Yeah. Oh, well, then they, they fucked up. Yeah. Um, I get them saying, like, well, how'd he travel from New York to fucking San Francisco? I don't know. Tony Stark let him a fucking jet. Who gives a shit? Right. Some, right. Have a writer <laughs> write this out, motherfucker. Right. Um, well, actually, New from York what I understand, Spider-Man. what I understand, there was supposed to be a scene with Venom in New York, like a scene. So, like, he would have been out there. But, and I think it was Sony trying to wave their dick and be like, no, we can do our own franchise. Like, well, you, you know who suffers? We as a fan suffer. Yeah. Um, you know? So, yeah, so that's that's the Morbius trailer. That's our that's my thought on it. I, I'm excited to see where they're going to take it. I'm actually, based on the trailer, more excited to see it than I was when I just saw that it existed. You know? I, I will end this with the fact that I am really impressed that Jared Leto can finally sink his teeth into a role. 
CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Podesky was a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit their website, bigheadsmedia.com, and follow them on Twitter, at Big Heads Media. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for our work via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Granny, there's some lovely filth down here. Oh, how'd you do? How'd you do, good lady? I'm Arthur, King of the Britain. Whose castle is that? King of the who? The Britain. Who are the Britons? Well, we all are. We are all Britons. And I am your king. Didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self-perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes... Oh, there get... you go, bringing class into it again. Well, that's what it's all about. If only people would... Please, realize... please, good people. I am in haste. Who lives in that castle? No one lives there. Then who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you, we're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a civil majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case be, of more... Be quiet. Major... I order you to be quiet. Order? Who does he think he is? <laughs> I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. Damn it. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.